The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Action Network Podcast. This is the weekend review and weekday preview. I'm Stucky, and with me, as always, is Colin Wilson. Special recording time. We're doing this at 1 a.m. on Saturday. A wild college football day. All the games are fresh in our mind. I'm driving to Cleveland later tonight. One of the Ravens game. We'll talk about the Ravens-Browns Monday night game later. First, we have college football. And I just, uh, for those of you that follow us on Twitter, I was just trolling... Colin, for his boy, his, his favorite coordinator, San Diego State, brutal, got down to the one. We don't even need voicemails because you have Colin Wilson with an over 47 and San Diego State getting to the one. I mean, this thing was over in the first quarter. What do we have, 28 points already? How does this thing not go over 47? But this, this San Diego State-BYU over is just so minor compared to everything else that's happened today. I mean, between – you know, Wilson throwing the shoe. Uh, oh I mean, God. the laterals with Western Michigan obviously didn't know the game was over, and there's 80 Ball State players on the field. It was a hell of a week 15 of college football. Bob Lupton trolling us for setting the USC line at minus five and ends five three hours ago. I mean, you can't make this that is, up. They, this is what happens when you get Colin and Stucky at 1 a.m. Thanks, Bob, for tweeting us Bob, hey. in the first quarter. And telling us, Colin and Stucky made the game five. Game lands on five. Not great, Bob. All right, we're gonna we're gonna get to all the craziness. It was it was an unbelievable college football day. Like the slate wasn't great on the surface, but the the, the night slate was crazy. Uh, I mean, and Florida goes down. Mullen after the game saying, "Well, we should have played fewer games." I mean, we'll talk a little bit. We didn't know NFL recap this weekend, but we'll talk a little bit about. Uh, which is quick look ahead lines. But let's we'll let you guys drive the combo first. So let's get to some voicemails. Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you. You have reached the voicemail box of the Action Network Podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Let's check this week's messages. Austin from Colorado here. Every week I check out the podcast. All I hear on this week is the under city, under city for Florida Atlantic Southern Miss should be lit. Well, fourth quarter, 76 points. Great call, guys. Well, we talk about Florida Atlantic unders every week, and it just so happens that Southern Miss came out with a fire lit under their ass for the first time all season. And it's just a name that we should know for next year, which is Frank Gore Jr. He just looked like a stick of dynamite all over the field for Southern Miss. So, you know, I didn't take the under specifically in this game with Florida Atlantic. But, I mean, what we saw from Southern Miss, 
they're capable of playing football. I don't know where that's been all season, uh, going through a billion quarterbacks and a billion interim coaches. So uh, something to note for next year on the, on, on the Eagles. I've loved the FAU owners. Like, I didn't see any value in this one. I, did, I didn't, didn't play it. So right. I'm sorry if you did. Herm, put him in a body bag. That body bag was all about – I mean, that was all about Kevin Sumlin. I don't know if we've had a voicemail today about it, but last night, like, how – I think at 42-0, to zero, I said, it's done. It's over. Pack your bags. Get the shit out of town. You're done with Tucson, Sumlin. And uh, I just felt so bad for the, the Arizona football social media account manager. Some poor 23-year-old kid is running that social account, and he had to put out the 70-7 to seven final score. I felt so bad for him. I fucking love those when you, when schools have to tweet the final score and they get yes. blown out. Like I will go, I will go out of my way to find like say Central Connecticut State in college basketball loses by like seventy to you know Duke. I will go try to find it and be like, what did they say? What <laughs> just like uh, <laughs> we came up just short by seventy, but yeah. And then you had Miami today. We'll get to that game. They get dominate and they have to tweet out the score and they turned replies off Oof, not a great look Miami replies were off for their tweet of the final score I think both UNC backs ran for like 350 yards by the way were replies on after the independence bowl boy I should have been knowing I've been checking out their replies on or off for a while with uh, hurricane football not a good look for them tonight whatsoever could end up right back in the independence bowl I don't know we'll see minor nation north texas I hate both these f***ing teams. Bullshit personal foul. Going for two for no f***ing reason. Can't cash the f***ing second half. I, I, I'm just, I'm, the, I'm speechless. I'm so mad. Someone said minor nation. Today, I had a great day. I think you did as well. I went 17-5 today. And it takes some of that stink off of Nevada. I mean, the fumble call. I don't know how they said that was a fumble, which turned the whole Nevada game around. But... North Texas, USC coming back, scoring, amazing. They have the kick return, and then they get a huge pass, and then they come out and they throw it. Amazing cover. One of the luckiest covers I've ever had. And I was so furious at Clay Helton the whole game because he was going for two. I think we're going to hear from our UTEP guy coming up. Yeah, guys, what's up? Yeah, I know it's been a rough year for minor nation as far as the pandemic, but uh, guess what? More free money tonight, guys. Another easy cover. I'm sure uh, you guys both buried the miners because that was an obvious lock of the weekend. So, uh, yeah, just want to say what's up. It's been a while, guys. And uh, go miners. Boom. Well, all right. It was nice to hear from a friend. And whatever, UTEP covered the game. Fine. I had North Texas second half, which I love. It was it was the worst beat of my life, literally. And I've had belt ball. The re- only reason it lost, I had minus six and a half second half. They were up 28-7. 28-7 with five minutes to go against a quarterback that was had like four picks and two completions. UTEP goes down the field, scores a touchdown with four minutes left. The scoreboard operator forgot to credit North Texas with an extra point, the touchdown before. So the minor nation thought they were down 10. At the after they got the six on the touchdown, so they went for two. They were really down eleven. They got the two, and then the scoreboard operator put the point up for North Texas, and <laughs> and then Minor Nation gets the ball back with a minute to go. The North Texas misses a field goal, goes down and scores with like five seconds left after a 
personal foul, and they end up losing the game by two. I needed them to lose by three or more. So I literally lost because of a scoreboard operator forgot to put the point up. What is this? Someone tweeted me this is like Iowa high school football stuff. Like I lost on a, a scoreboard error. That's how egregious. And I, it was the easiest over of my life. I mean, once once I saw that the uh, the defensive backs all opted out for UTEP, I give UTEP credit for scoring 43 points. This is the slowest offense in the nation. I didn't think that they had it in them. So uh, I, I'm shocked in the first place they scored over 40 points. But, I mean, it's positive vibes for, for Dimmel going into, into the offseason to be able to manage as many cancellations as they had, the opt-outs they had, get a few wins, more wins than they've had in previous years. This is, uh, I don't know, maybe a team we're looking up on here in the summer of 21 when we're all vaccinated and we can actually plan on games happening and not being canceled. So I'm thinking maybe the scoreboard operator was on UTEP plus nine and a half, and then he needed them to go for two. I, I mean, outrageous. All right, moving on. It is 11.48 Central Time. The Nevada-San Jose State game is still currently going on, but I already know that I lost. How do I know? Well, let's just rewind, I don't know, about a half an hour when Nevada was clearly down on the one-yard line, and somehow Bob Odenkirk, the f***ing referee for the Mountain West, decided, no, that's a fumble. And you know what? I might as well have turned it off then and saved myself some time because the game, it's basically over after that. Any sort of Nevada bet you might have. Let's just say you had Nevada 14 in the second half. Oh, you got to feel good, even though they give up a kickoff touchdown return. Oh, and then there's penalty after penalty after bullshit penalty after literally everything else. The fix, well, it feels like it's in. I'm going to still watch the game because, you know, I'm a degenerate and that's what we do. But I already know how this bullshit is going to end up ending. And it really, really sucks. I don't want to talk about that game. And uh, it was brutal. I mean, Nevada misses a chip shot field goal. They're all conference kicker to end the half. Mm -hmm. And then they start off the second half with a kick return. They give up a kick return touchdown. And then they answer up 20 to 14, drive all the way down to the one. And the refs somehow called a fumble and then somehow reviewed it and kept the fumble. Uh, Amazing how inferior their defense looked to in the second half. Just completely steamrolled over. Looked like they were just, you know, looked like they were scared to make a tackle. James Martin, Chicago, Ohio State fan. Not a Notre Dame fan. Ohio State fan. I told myself I wasn't going to tell you guys during the early days as I had been holding a funeral for um, Buckeye Nation because our rivals are cowards. But Lovey Smith changed that. It's interesting that the Fighting Illini do not even have boosters because apparently nobody cares about covering because apparently not only does he not go for two to cut the game to two scores, but then he runs the clock out with three minutes left. This guy needs not only to be fired, but honestly, he needs to be tarred and feathered by the farmers in Champaign for a crime amongst crimes. Go back. We get calls every week about peak maxion, but the end of that Ball State Western Michigan game, if that wasn't peak maxion, I don't know what the f I just watched. And just as they're announcing the penalties, the f stream cuts out? Are you kidding me, ESPN Plus? Get the f out of here, ESPN. So I had Ball State in my round robin. I had Ball State minus two and a half. Oof, talk about no CLB there. Um, I'm watching the end of that. The feed cuts out, but he like maybe scored. But then there was, I, th- I thought there was forward lateral. I went to Twitter. I'm searching, and some people were saying Ball State won. 
And then I start getting, people are replying to my tweet from the night before when I said, I wonder how I'll lose a bet today. And people were replying saying, and I started panicking. I was like, wait, did they, they must've called it a touchdown. And I started freaking out. And then I couldn't find it. The ESPN feed cut out. Ball State, by the way, very fortunate to win that game. They were, they were outplayed. But the Mac manifesto paid off because that was my only future. Ball State 9-1 gets to the Mac title. They'll face Buffalo next week. Yeah, that was peak Maction. I mean, unbelievable. you got wow. to be kidding me. Now, this is peak Maction. It is. Peak Maction. Then there, there was a guy who came on the field from Ball State. They all came on illegally. And he was making a tackle, and you could see him say to himself, wait, I can't tackle this guy. I wasn't, I'm not a defender. I wasn't on the field to start the play. So he let him go, and then the guy pitches it again. That was wild. It's, I go back to the tweet that I put out. How many missed tackles is uh, PFF going to grade on that run right there? <laughs> that would have stood <laughs> up. I mean, that. there were 60 uh, jerseys on the field, but no, that great job ESPN+. Plus. Way to shove all of your products behind a paywall and make everybody have to log out and log back into their account, call into customer support because none of us can watch your shit on our phones anymore. Great job of cutting the feed at probably what was the most matching game. I did, that is saying a lot compared to what we've been through this year. The most matching ending to any game was Western Michigan Ball State, which I was sweating because I had the under. And that was a that had overtime written all over it. I love Maction. I love Maction. <laughs> yeah, especially they called a bunch of penalties there. Wild. Detroit or bust. Let's go, Ball State. Oh, you expected it. It's not even the end of the first quarter, and I'm going to call. Cacao. Cacao. I thought you were better than that. I didn't think you were going to fade the boys. Come on. The Triple C Dynasty, baby. The Triple C Dynasty doesn't stop. We're the hardest working team in the nation. Cacao. All right. That, that one might have been a little premature. Might have jinxed it. It's okay. 11 and 0. Quick out. We'll be okay. Good, good ball on the cover, boys. The Triple C Dynasty. They remain undefeated. They get a last second touchdown, but we nailed that one. They, they, the spread was just a, a, a touch too high. We thought it was a bad spot. And give tre- credit to Troy. They lost Watson at the end, their quarterback, and then Free came in. They finally had all their weapons for like, I think, like, only the second or third game this year. Right. And uh, that game – I mean, credit Coastal Carolina. They went – they were down, and that gave them a minute to go, and they went down the field and scored a touchdown to win with, like, in, like, 40 seconds on, like, three plays. But uh, Troy gets the cover. Everyone's happy. Troy didn't look like they were going to cover at the beginning of that game. And the Coastal had yeah. no clue that they were off their biggest game. And in between their two biggest games in history, they came out on fire. And I think maybe finally the travel or whatever set in. But Troy has been playing some really decent, really good football lately. So, I mean, we'll be looking to play on them. But, no, this is a magical run by Coastal. I took a little break there for two weeks and uh, fading this team that I love so much that made big money for me and money line against Kansas, calling the shot at the beginning of the season. I love Coastal. So, I mean, the projection I have for them, two and a half. The market out there right now is at four. So it's more of a deep dive for me because Coastal's win against Louisiana earlier this season was essentially a coin flip and Louisiana got to do whatever they wanted on the ground. So I need to see if Coastal's defense has improved, has it weakened. There's a little bit more studying I want to do before I lay a bet on that game. Fair enough. Call. Colin, man, what happened? We had the analysis of Arkansas was take Alabama first half, Arkansas second half. I get Arkansas plus 12 second half. I get them live at 47 and a half, and they can't f-ing cover. 
This is the hardest working team, but they can't work hard enough to f***ing cover. Come on, man. Well, uh, I will say I will say you nailed that game. Uh, I I didn't get in, but I was like, because I didn't bet the first half over. You were like, bet the first half over, yeah. and then at the end of the first half, you're going to get a good number on Arkansas Live. So you basically nailed that game. It's just Arkansas never scored in the second half. I didn't watch that. Did When did Alabama take its foot off the gas? Did Arkansas come close to scoring? What was the second half like? Well, the the reason why Arkansas – I would like to say the big reason Arkansas didn't cover is because K.J. Jefferson got hurt, like the second drive of the second half. K.J. Jefferson was hurt, left the game, and that brought in Felipe Franks, but Felipe Franks is dealing with a rib issue. We lost more players on a defense that was already down. It's two or three best players. We had no offensive juice to come back with a hurt Felipe Franks, nothing behind him except a bunch of grandsons from millionaires that live in northwest Arkansas area. So we just didn't have the offense to come back. Traylon uh, Burks tried to make this unbelievable cross-field pass, uh, and it ended up being short. I mean, a hell of a pass from 40 yards away, but we resorted to trick plays at the end with wide receiver around pass down the field because nothing was working. Uh, You know, Felipe Franks obviously hurt. That's why he didn't start, you know, wasn't in the game, got pulled for KJ. KJ Jefferson gets hurt. We we didn't have the offensive firepower to even hang with Bama's number twos. Now, Mac Jones did play through the third quarter. No touchdowns today. But you were heading into the Kyle Trask. If you're a Heisman ticket holder and you're betting on – it was a great day for Devonta Smith futures if you happen to get some of that. And if you're holding Mac Jones, you're pretty worried that he didn't get any touchdowns. But then you get into the LSU-Florida game, and I don't think Trask did anything for himself to to earn the Heisman. So, uh, no, I mean, Arkansas-wise, you know – when you're missing your best players on defense and your biggest playmaker under center gets hurt in the second half, there was, there's just no way to come back. I'm glad it worked out everybody in the first half. Sorry. We led astray with a Arkansas plus 40 something ticket. When the line closed at 28, I thought I was pretty happy with that value, but uh, you know, it didn't work out. I believe Alabama with first ever, first ever 10 and 0 SEC season, averaging 50 point, almost 50 points per game. Won every game by at least 15 points. Fucking pretty impressive. Let's go. Never in my life have I bet an under that was as sweat-free as the Army-Navy game. Shout-out to the weather, the fog, and the rain. Shout-out to Navy's offense, which is a f***ing joke. Their death taxes in the Army under. What else is there to say? Everybody should be doing a shout-out to Stucky, who called the Navy defense, called the under. Like, I mean, that was a tight window to get an under in, and just everything lined up. Great article that you got out there for everybody. Oh, thanks, brother. And yeah, 15 is a fitting score. 15 nothing was the final. Army-Navy under is now 15-0 and the past 15 years. I don't know if we're ever going to get value on another one again. Like this, like it closed at 36. Last year it closed at 38. The Navy offense this year is just historically bad. Like they're averaging three and a half yards per carry for an option offense. That is so bad. And they couldn't do anything. You know, their defense was trending up. I think it's just everything lined up that I – I was like, I can still bet this under 40. I made it 36. But everyone is catching on to this. The market is starting to set these totals much better. If I had to put money on it, we'll, we'll, we might end up on an over next year. I mean, obviously, it'll depend on what Navy and Army offense look like. But, uh, right, yeah, a sweat-free under, if you got it late, under 35 doesn't happen often. I, I Well, I mean, Navy had the chance to score at the goal line. They suffered a case of the San Diego State-itis. Uh, they couldn't get it in. <laughs> But, no, Navy couldn't get it in. And at the same time, Diego Fago, 
uh, got hurt sometime in that second half, was caught like limping off the field after a series. He never had his – I mean, he was on the field for the rest of the game, but you never heard him get called out for a tackle for the rest of the game. So uh, a couple of things there in the second half that really helped Army uh, at least settle the emotions of people that might have swallowed seven and a half points uh, uh, where it closed at some places. So, you know, yeah, you're right. Navy historically bad on offense. There was, I think, 88 carries in that game for 250 yards. They combined for 130 yards in the first half. Combined. <laughs> Stucky, Colin, you guys did a great job of handicapping the Wisconsin defense. They're shutting down Iowa, stopping every drive. But you know what you didn't account for? You didn't account for the fact that Graham Mertz is a piece of fucking shit. He goes 6 for 14 for 31 motherfucking yards in the first half. Are you kidding me? What in the mother hell? You could have Kendall Hinton f***ing clueless out there in the second half. What a complete disgrace. You want to know why Kansas Jayhawks football sucks? Graham Mertz is the number one prospect coming out of Kansas. What a f***ing bomb. The only way that Wisconsin's actually going to win this game is if they score on defense, special teams, or they bench that piece of sh- I thought that we had addressed this garbage at halftime. Paul, Chris, do you not understand that you have a piece of fucking shit at quarterback named Graham Mertz? He cannot pass the ball, yet you leave him in here for the entire second half. What did you expect? Do you expect anything different? Jesus f***ing Christ, come on! Jesus, so angry. Somebody lost some Yeah, money. Wisconsin was a horrible call by me. I mean, the the one thing that was awful was about 20 minutes before kick, all of their best skill possession players got announced out, which I talked about. They're all going to be back. It's big for Wisconsin. Um, but Davis and Pryor were out. Berger was out. That didn't help. But that's not an excuse because no matter who was playing, you could have put peak Jerry Rice out there. Graham Mertz wasn't hitting anybody today. And there was a fourth down late. They had a nine-minute drive in the fourth quarter, down by seven, and or down by 14. Mertz on a fourth down. Iowa sends all out blitz. Wide open. Wide open guy in the end zone. He missed him by 10 yards. It was pathetic. He was awful. And I was saying, what, what is Wisconsin doing the whole time? He obviously wasn't hitting anybody. Like, bringing Cone. You got to do something. Right. But yeah. Mertz well, was I- awful. It was an awful call. Passing down success rate for Wisconsin in the first quarter, 0%. Passing down success rate. Is that good? Is 0% good? Well, I don't know. I've been watching TV all night, and I've been seeing this playoff predictor, and it's telling me that USC has a 50% chance to get to the playoffs. So if I'm using ESPN math, maybe 0% success rate is pretty good. I can't figure it out. No, no, no. Wisconsin absolutely dumpster fire on passing down success rate. It's gross. And the thing is, is you and I have talked about this, their running backs can't get them to stay in standard down, so they end up in passing downs, like second and long early, and their success rate is 0% in the first quarter. Wisconsin has to work on offense this offseason, a lot of it. Yeah, good call for you at Iowa. So I lined up the under 28 and a half in Iowa, Wisconsin. As soon as I do it, the Iowa muffs a punt, pathetic with their scores. 
of still looking good. Then Iowa's punter drops that punt and tries to pick it off the ground like Pele. But they stop Wisconsin. There's four minutes to go. I can't give up any more points. It's looking great. Nothing Iowa likes doing more than running the clock out and not scoring points. And their rat bastard motherfucking running back breaks off an 80-yard touchdown run. Are you f***ing kidding me, Wisconsin? You give up an 80-yard touchdown to f***ing Iowa? 80 yards? They're coached by a f***ing dinosaur. 80 yards is like 80 individual runs for them. God, the tackling is like the only thing you f***ing pricks are good at. F*** you, Wisconsin. Colin, I can't f***ing yell in this house right now because everybody's f***ing asleep. But I can't believe that I decided to tell you on Mississippi State plus six. I mean, Jesus Christ, Auburn doesn't even need the two-point to go up to 14. It's pointless. But yet, they do that, and now we know we're not going to cover. This is f***ing bullshit, and I put this loss on you. Uh, you can put that loss on me, but uh, it was even through three quarters. Each team had 178 yards. It was an, a sad game. It was sad. I probably would have taken – if I had bad about it again, I would probably take Mississippi State plus seven, plus six again. Bigsby was big late. Rodgers was bad. Uh, Auburn started off in man, and I almost was going to unload – I mean, mistakes. You can't play man against them, but they did adjust. They were playing a lot of zone. So, yeah, I mean, Auburn pulled away late, and uh, credit to them. Yeah, Kevin Steele is uh, one of the smarter coordinators, uh, defensive coordinator for Auburn. He knew that he should make that change right away once he saw it. Too bad it wasn't an offensive problem because Tank Bigsby has saved Chad Morris from the unemployment line yet again. Marco Wilson, this is your mother speaking. Why the f*** did you just throw the cleats down the field? What is wrong with you? Have some damn manners. Uh, yeah, so that was a Florida mother calling in uh, <laughs> about Wilson, who was, was the guy who threw the shoe. Not Colin Wilson. Uh, and, yeah, so I, I apparently um, – so if you didn't see it, Marco Wilson, they have, they have LSU stopped on third down. They were going to punt. And this is before Bjork hit a 57-yarder somehow. And Wilson, there's a sh- one of the LSU players' shoe was on the ground. He just takes it, launches it, and then his own player like smacks him, and the ref saw it. And there's a personal foul. And that's how Florida lost. Can't make it up. I, some people said like that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I mean, we've seen some stupid shit, but uh, throwing somebody's shoe is a new. I mean, I, I I thought it immediately. Like you just cost yourself the playoff. I've seen this before. Watch the Egg Bowl from 2019. Stupid shit like this happens, and then the worst thing possible, it affects people's jobs. It affects where people are going to transfer. You have no clue what you've done by throwing that shoe. And that kick by Cade York, it just like Ridiculous. It, it like disappeared into the galaxy. There was so much fog and precip going on. It was like the most Did you even see the goal, goal post when he was no. kicking it? I mean, what are the refs doing? Just staring straight up, and hopefully they catch a glimpse of – I mean, it could be a fucking bird that flies by. They wouldn't have a clue if it was a ball or not. Unreal. Let's go, Tigers! Suck that tiger, Who throws a shoe, honestly? But who gives a Go, Tigers. Hey, Florida, you ain't getting in the playoffs. Suck that Dan Mullen. Get the fuck out of here. Bo Pelini got your ass. Colin, fuck you. 
fuck you, Colin. I'm so sick of fucking riding these overs in these San Diego State games. Are you fucking serious? Twice on the goal line, they can't fucking get it done. Fuck that. Fuck that over. Fuck you. I'm officially divorcing myself from San Diego State football. This is horse shit. How do you get with? How do you get down to the goal line twice and not get any points out of it? I'm divorcing myself from San Diego State football. Second divorce I've had in my life. Just as expensive as the first one. What the fuck? <laughs> Hi. I would just like to give a shout out to all of the UCLA betters and tell them all, you guys can all suck up fat How does USC taste, bro? I don't know who's more drunk, Chip Kelly or me, but I don't care. USC absolutely breaking the f***ing back door down. Come on, Trojans. Chip Kelly, thank you. You're an idiot. Are you even kidding me? You stupid bag. Are you going to seriously celebrate USC? What an absolutely disgusting impossible beat. Even that loser, Clay Helton, should have kicked the field goal. Just so we made sure there's no time for the other team. No, he just wanted to inflict maximum pain. F*** off the people who were on the right side of it. Congrats. F*** you. USC lost eight out of my nine lives. Comes back. Lucky's cover of my life. I'm high right now. This is why we f***ing gamble, boys. Keep up the good work. Holy s***. Uh, was that previous guy who was telling us we can't celebrate? Uh, yeah. Was that was, Bob? Was that Bob? He- how can you celebrate it? Because there's money in my pocket. That's why. Yeah, I think that was Bob Ludro, whatever his name is. All right, let's do. Did Bob call us? We got a call from Bob. I don't know. He might have. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. All right, let's do best call, worst call, bet regret. My best call, it's a good week. It was a good weekend, so I can point to a lot of them. UNC in the over, Army Navy under. By the way, UNC was just bludgeoned Miami. Carter ran for 308 and Williams ran for 236. They both averaged over 10 yards per carry. But I have to say my best call by far is exposing the two frauds that I talked about all week, Virginia and La Tech. That Law Tech team is so bad. I made the line 28. I think S&P was like 14. I was shocked. Yeah. Law Tech literally has – they are so bad. They just won all these fluke games. And TCU took the – they just pulled all their starters midway through the third. I said I would do a car bomb for every point Law Tech scored in the first half. That's how confident I was that Law Tech wouldn't get a yard. And I think I – think, TCU ended up winning like 51-10. But they could have won 90 to nothing. I'm hoping people don't catch on how bad this La Tech team is because I still think they're going to go to a bowl, although they're great bowls. So I'm going to be so conflicted. They've won like seven bowls in a row. But And then Virginia. Virginia Tech showed up. It was too cold for Hendon Hooker, I guess. But Braxton Burmeister, man. We're going to be talking about him in 2023 for some other team. Vatek really never in doubt. That was sweet. So that's my best calls. Worst call. I mean, back in Graham Mertz, I'd have to say. Um, 
that was just ugly from the start. It was just not fun. And a bet regret. Every gambler knows that feeling. Let's talk bet regret. I'll have to say maybe choosing Miss State for the money line. Uh, and then also not, not following your advice, even though it didn't win, but you, you called the game perfectly. And it was the Arkansas game. The first half won. I would have gotten a good number on Arkansas. So not, not following along there. And then also not betting Arizona State. Man, what a good call there. 70 to 7. Woo. How about you? Uh, and then, yeah, that's my bad regret. How about you? Best call, worst call, bad regret? Uh, I mean, it's tough to say, you know, best call when you bet Arizona State and they win 70 to 7. And, I mean, you know, I, I took New Mexico at, at double digits uh, money line in our piece. So I'm happy that cash. But, I mean, there's just little small notes. I'm not trying to say, hey, this was my best call or, you know, or say, look how many best calls I had. I just want to say, these are notes that like people should take away some from some of the victories today. Like JT Daniels looks extraordinary. So the Georgia. What if Mike, Georgia played it from the jump? That's the question. Oh my! Well, I don't think he's been healthy from the jump, or they probably would have had him in there. Yeah. Stetson, but by the way, Georgia's gonna hop a couple spots up in our power rating on the Action Network. Like they've hopped Florida. I just did them. I'm like, we're literally an hour after I just did them, and they've hopped Florida because I see two different teams. This JT Daniels with all those explosive receivers they had that sets and Bennett could do nothing with, JT Daniels is finding them. And I think if they rematched right now, Georgia-Florida, I think it'd be a different story. So the JT Daniels thing was pretty good. The first half of Arkansas was pretty good. The Troy was pretty good. Army was pretty good. Uh, the USC was pretty good. Uh, I don't know. Worst call? Uh, you know, I'm not going to take any blame for Maryland, uh, you know, taking them minus six and a half when uh, Talia Tagovailoa Announced out right before the game. So, you know, number fell to three. I can't – there's nothing you can do about that. He, had, he was fell ill an hour before the game. He, it's, you know, just one of those things that's a tough handicap. You know, I would say my worst call is leading the live betters astray on Nebraska. I don't know what's happened in Nebraska. I read – here's what I here's – what, here's, here's what happened with Nebraska today. I read 15 minutes before the game that Minnesota has 30-plus COVID and all of it's on the defense. And I know Nebraska's at home, and I know Scott Frost wants to make a bowl, and he wants to get attention of people to bring Nebraska to a bowl. And so immediately Minnesota is spotted a bullshit touchdown, and then they're spotted field position at the 48, and they score again. And after two scores, I thought, okay, well, when you get absolutely great field position, you cash in, that's a good time to take the other side. Uh, and, you know, it, I don't know what has, what has happened between the turnovers and the inefficiency I mean, the success rate has dropped off. They're still turning the ball over. You know, I guess leading the betters astray, that would be my worst bet. Bet regret? Yeah, bet regret, I'll go with UNC. Uh, we, we talked about how they could blow this game up, and, uh, you know, they absolutely kind of exposed uh, both sides of the ball for the Hurricanes, and uh, the Hurricanes are looking closer to the end of their 2014 form than they are at the beginning of 2020. So it's interesting to see where this offseason goes to with the Hurricanes because, you you know – I don't think the program's just going to settle for this for Manny Diaz for much longer. Well, you covered Penn State. They Penn yeah. State covered. Yeah, they won yeah, by they, fifteen. They what? They win twenty nine to three or twenty nine to seven in the second half. Yeah, what? They went for two at one point in the third uh-huh. quarter, and that was the difference. Yeah. Wow, that's an amazing <laughs> cover. Then I yeah, missed that somehow. Especially since I took a bad number because fourteen and a half actually it closed fourteen in a lot of places. I took a bad number. Wow. All right. That's a very in-depth recap of the 
of College Football Saturday. Next weekend, we talked about we're going to do a deep, going to dig in, and we're going to cover all these in depth. Championship Saturday preview. That podcast episode will be out on Friday morning, overnight Thursday, as usual. All right, we already talked about the Sun Belt. Don't let the latest come between you and the belt. Then we're going to dive into Clemson is out to a ten and a half point favorite against Notre Dame. Seems high to me. Thoughts? Uh, with Clemson and Notre Dame, it does seem high, but the power rating has gravitated that way. Uh, you have to remember that there was an initial down bump for Clemson when they went down to DJ, came back after Trevor. Uh, there was a bounce back with that, even though I don't think they were as much as the market thinks, but it's still you have to account for three or four points between that DJ and Trevor bounce. Uh, and then besides that, uh, Clemson has looked when they have wanted to be angry and beat the hell out of people like they did with Pitt. It definitely impresses the committee and odds makers more when you're able to offensively explode versus Notre Dame, which is just sluggish at some points, although they're trying to score more points and look more explosive. We know they're not. Uh, I think the number for Notre Dame Clemson is spot on, but you know, I, I have a hard time if Skowski is healthy, the captain of the defense, the best coverage player on the entire defense. To me, that makes the entire decision if I'm going to take Clemson. If he's healthy, I'm taking Clemson. Cincinnati is a 13.5-point favorite against Tulsa. You mentioned you think Tulsa is going to be really angry for this one. I also think there's going to be a lot of – yeah, I also think there's going to be a lot of steam on this game. There's two teams I think are going to take a lot of uh, a lot of money uh, uh, this week, and the number's going to move, and that's why specifically I probably haven't hit them yet. I think Cincinnati's going to take in a lot of money. This is a game that I finished up the power rating. I've got it at 12. So I do think there's going to be a little bit of value of Tulsa here. Uh, I appreciate uh, the attention around my tweet about people being motivated and how that does not matter because they're playing for a conference championship. What I'm trying to say is, is these Tulsa players – had their homecoming ruined because Cincinnati decided not to fly back to fly to town. And then Fickle said a week later, oh, yeah, we actually could have gone and played Tulsa. And then when this game comes up, Cincinnati gets sick again, just says, they say, we're not going to fly down to Tulsa again a second time in the season. We're going to ruin your senior day. I'm just saying that this is a personal – there's a difference between showing up to an event in your career and being professionally prepared – I'm telling you, this Tulsa team has got to be emotionally deeply invested into their focus with finals going on, with recruiting going on. I think Tulsa will be very focused on the job at hand because of what Cincinnati's done to them, and they haven't even played each other yet. So I'm going to let the number steam. Once, once Cincinnati crosses 14, you know, hangs out in the mid-tweens all week, uh, hopefully there's a 17 I can land on. But, uh, at, you know, I make, Tulsa, I make it Tulsa at 12. Here's an interesting one. Oklahoma, four-and-a-half-point favorite against Iowa State. We were on Iowa State early in the year as yep. a seven-and-a-half-point home dog. Now they are a four-and-a-half-point dog here. It is no longer Brocktober. Is it maybe Brock December? I know that the, the Oklahoma offense, is, it's not a great offense this year. It's, I shouldn't say that. It's not your normally elite Lincoln-Riley offense. The defense, though, is a lot better than usual. Any thoughts here? Yeah, this is a number that I want to jump on. Uh, I have this at Oklahoma minus one. This is a number, you know, I believe is five points too high, four and a half points too high, wherever it may be sitting at your book. I'm probably going to play this the second we get done podcasting. But uh, uh, this is one of those things where there's a lot of familiarity between the two. This is the second time they played each other this season. Uh, You know, Matt Campbell runs a 3-3-5 built to stop. 
uh, teams like Oklahoma plus Iowa State can generate enough pressure to get into Spencer Rattler's face uh, and I believe cover the spread. So uh, this is a whole decision here where I'm just, am I going to hang out in five and a half and four and a half all week and see if I can get to a six or, uh, you know, is it going to float closer to my projection of one and do I need to get it now? So I'll make the decision here pretty quick within the next 12 hours. Uh, Big 10 championship, Ohio State, 21 and a half point favorite against Northwestern. I agree with you on Iowa State, by the way, gross this game. Uh, Any early thoughts? No, I mean, Ohio State, I've got 20 and a half, so 21 and a half. There's really no reaction there. Uh, I I think Northwestern is going to have a very valiant effort. Uh, I wonder what they're going to do on the offensive side of the ball. I think, you know, not off the top of my head, I don't know if Peyton Ramsey – can throw it deep enough to affect Sean Wade and some of those defensive guys that we've had our eyes on that have been burned. I'm not sure Peyton Ramsey's able to do that. I'm not sure Northwestern's going to be able to do that with their skill positions. So that's the homework I have over the next 24 hours. Uh, if, if I can't solve that puzzle, if I don't think Peyton Ramsey can do it, then Ohio State's going to be the play. And finally, here's one you might not agree with. Florida Gators. Uh, I was tweeting all game. Everyone's going to want to fake. We were, the argument was, should this be above 14 or not? Right. Last weekend, before this weekend. Now Florida loses. They were clearly looking ahead. They benched Pitts, being like, we don't care about this game. Kyle Pitts, kind of important. One of the top five best players in college football. So he'll be back. Now I'm getting maybe uh, potentially over 17. If I get over 17, I got to look into the box score in Florida and adjust them. But getting over 17 with that offense – Oof, it's going to be hard for me to pass up. Do you have early thoughts? I mean, we're over, I, I, as you and I are recording this, at close to 2 a.m. on, uh, on uh, what, Sunday morning. Uh, we have, in the, in the East Coast, we have landed over 17 just now. Listen, nobody wants to hear that at the end, during the first quarter of the Florida LSU game, I tweeted out, like, I have made a play in the SEC Championship. Download our app. It's free. But I took Alabama minus 13 and a half, and that's what the market was at. And there were four or five books floating that number out up there. And somebody out in Vegas was floating at 12 and a half, which I had to make a few phone calls about. But no, listen, nobody wants to hear about the 13 and a half. That's not going to be the number this week. The number is going to be grossly overrated. When I look at it after all my adjustments, 14 and a half. So you're right, Stuck. At 17 and a half, you and I are going to have a tough decision because the appetite for Alabama this week is just going to outweigh – it may outweigh their value. And we've got to figure out where that number should be. Kyle Pitts, by the way, he just he tweeted out just now, well, a couple minutes ago, just dot dot dot. I just retweeted it. I'll probably be on my my guy. That means he has more to say, right? Well, I think that just means it's like, well, do you see what happens? Like, are you theorizing surprised. that he was told to set? You you absolutely believe he was held out on purpose because of the secondary that LSU was bringing. Yeah, and they were like just precautionary. Let's make sure he's healthy for next week and. We don't need them. I mean, I mean, LSU had like their whole team out. It's a stunning loss. The NFL season is upon us, and our friends at BetMGM Sports are offering Action Network podcast listeners a great sign-up offer. Just make your first deposit using the bonus code ACTIONPOD and receive a 100% deposit match up to $500. They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show. Uh, we have one last order of business here before we get out of here. Monday Night Football. At BetMGM, we finally have a normal week. We don't have like Tuesday night football and Wednesday night football. It's just one month as of now. Uh, at BetMGM right now, Baltimore is a three-point favorite over under 45 and a half. Some injuries to watch on Baltimore side. I took the Ravens minus two and a half. I just really like the matchup here. I like some of the things I saw from their offense last week. I don't think the Browns' defense is any good, especially without their – best corner ward and their offense is basically very good elite rushing attack but the Ravens I think Williams will be back Campbell is questionable that's something to keep an eye on as well but the Ravens basically went out and said we need to get better at defending this specific rushing attack the Browns and the first time they met they shut them down I think they won 38-3 I think they could do enough here on defense and they're going to bring a ton of pressure and Baker Mayfield's a pretty easy quarterback to handicap. If he has time, he's going to be successful, sort of like Jared Goff. If you can get pressure on him, he's going to make mistakes, and he's going to be inefficient. So um, I think this is ob- this is potentially for the Ravens' season. I think they go into Cleveland, and uh, I'll be there. So if, someone, if I need to run onto the field and make a tackle, um, I will try and see what I can do. But I like the Ravens at three, anything three or under. Do you have any thoughts here? No, I completely agree. I think it's value on a team that's going to contend for the AFC, and they've dominated. They've covered five of the last six in Cleveland. It's just a team that knows how to go there and win and cover the spread. So I think you're kind of getting a bit of discount. I'm not sure the victory over Dallas really upped their power rating any in, in oddsmakers' eyes. And uh, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, I, I agree with you on Baltimore. Yeah, and if you don't – if you don't – you know, if the line goes over three or you don't see a ton of value, go out there and hunt for a Ravens future if you're interested in them at all. Because if they win this game, they're going to the playoffs. It's not mathematically, but it's not locked. But after this game, they have the Jags at home, the Giants at home, and then the Bengals. That'll get them to 11 wins. So instead of betting on Baltimore, if you want, you know, something with more upside, and they could still get in if they lose this game um, and then get the 10 wins, which they should. But uh, if they win this game, their Super Bowl odds will probably come down if they go into Cleveland to win and then that with the, their remaining schedule. So that's another way to attack this as well. All right, that'll do it for us. We need to go get to work on Championship Saturday. It's not just Championship Saturday. There's, like, random games too, which is, uh, which is nice. So there's other games in there. There's, like, funny. There's Wake Forest, Florida State. Wake Forest, Florida State. What a miserable game. Florida State needs UL Monroe. Play. UL Monroe's playing again? Owen oh, Ted yeah. UL Monroe's playing this Thursday. Without a, co- without a coach, right? Yeah, what the hell are they doing still playing? Uh, we have the MAC championship game. We'll talk about that. That's on Friday, Friday night. I can't wait for that. How beautiful is Maction? How <laughs> beautiful is Maction? Oh, man. Just when we thought we had peak Maction. That's going to be absolutely – that game's going to be fire, though. Come, come to the podcast prepared with notes on telling me how the Buffalo defense is going to stop Ball State and how Ball State could ever dream about stopping Buffalo. Missouri at Leach. Oh, man. <laughs> You're going to bet it. Ole too. Miss at LSU. Um, yeah, so there's some good random games. Van- Vandy at Georgia. That's next weekend. 
Air Force Army. We got a service guy again to talk about it too. Hey, you maggots understand that? Sir, yes, sir. Bullshit! I can't hear you. Sir, yes, sir. So we're gonna go get to work on these. We will be back on Friday morning. Uh, hopefully, we can have another crush weekend. Uh, looks like New Mexico is gonna win. Good call there, Colin. Uh, make sure you. Unsubscribe, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe again. Tell a friend, tell an enemy, leave a review. We had to record this kind of last minute at one in the morning, so I'm going to do I'm going to do double the giveaways this upcoming week. So get in on the five star reviews, and uh, we you might get some gear and be in the running for some other things. Um, so that'll do it for us. Thanks for listening. As always, glad we could all have a good weekend. I'm sorry again to the angry Wisconsin guy. We'll catch y'all later. Cheers. Peace out. We're finished talking.